This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Father, into your presence we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus and the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for rising up big within me now and thinking through my mind and speaking through my lips of clay. And I declare I'm a servant, ready to be used by the Master. And I thank you, Father, that I'll speak your word boldly, clearly, accurately, carried by the wind of the Spirit. I thank you that fear will be dispelled, but faith will rise up in the heart of your people. And we, a Christian family church, Johannesburg and San Antonio, we will have good success because we don't only hear the word, but Father, we act on the word and we are doers of the word. And everybody shouted, Amen. And you may be seated. San Antonio, you may be seated as well. Well, we're going to talk today about the power of resilience. We're going to talk about a resilience that's going to allow us to bounce back by the grace of God no matter what comes at us. We've got to understand, family, that we live in a feel-good culture. You might remember the godfather of the soul, James Brown. How many of you remember his song, I Feel Good? <laughs> Remember, hey San Antonio, does anybody want to get up and sing? I feel good. Da, 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 da. I don't know how to sing it, but it's a part of our, this culture. We don't like doing what is right and good. We do what we feel like doing. Our culture is driven by feelings. People give their word and then they break it. Couples stand before God and everyone else and they commit that they're going to stay together till death do us part. They pledge their life and to love each other for as long as they both shall live. But then a few years later, they suddenly have lost their loving feeling and it's gone, gone, gone. And they can't explain why they now have feelings for someone else. It no longer matters what wreckage our decisions may cause. We try and deny how our children will feel, how our lives will be affected, how their lives will be affected and disrupted. It affects our children way into adulthood. Far too many Christian leaders today are discounting the pain, not only felt by their families, but the destruction of their family and the pain felt by the congregations and Christians as a whole. They destroy their marriages for what they think is greener pastures. They think someone else gives them butterflies in their stomach. Honestly, family, as Christians, it's time for us to get it together. Somehow, our culture has managed us to convince us that our emotions are the real us. We are told to follow our feelings. If we don't follow our feelings, we're not being authentic or true to ourselves. We have a culture that has managed to convince us that we live now in a feel-good culture. We want to feel good when we go to church. We want to only hear feel-good messages that make us feel on top of the world. But don't ask us to change or according to the Word of God because that does not feel good. 
We like to have air conditioning in the auditorium. And I say amen here and amen in San Antonio. We love to have air conditioning and it is good. We want to feel good. We like upbeat praise and worship because that makes us feel good too. We say yes to God. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything you want me to do until it rains. And then we don't want to go to church because our hair gets wet. It's no wonder that Christians have a hard time having backbone resilience or the will to win during tough challenges. Family, if we are quick to break our promises to our friends and our family, why would we treat our, commi our commitment to Christ any differently? Christ didn't die so we could have a feel-good faith. He didn't die so we could have feel-good messages sitting in our feel-good seats. He died that we could win souls for Jesus Christ. That's why he died. He died so we could have resilient faith. And resilient faith holds up when we are hit by life setbacks and curveballs. Resilient faith chooses that we follow our Savior no matter what. How many of us say, we will follow our Savior? Put your hands in the air. I follow my Savior. Come on, San Antonio. Put your hands in the air. We follow our Savior. Listen, family, in Kenya, there are 42 tribes. Of the 42 tribes, there's one called the Maasai. They have managed to hold on to their culture, the way they dress. They are a, um, they, and their abilities as hunter warriors are legendary. They are nomadic people. They live in constant danger of being attacked by wild animals. But the Messiah warriors are trained to fight these animals, including the most feared, and that is the lion. Every male in the Maasai tribe is trained to be a warrior. There are no exceptions. If you're born into the Maasai tribe, you and if you're a male, you will go through tough, unbelievable training in order to survive and thrive as a warrior. When the boys are young, and this might sound so crazy to us, but when the boys are young, they are trained to resist pain. Some of their baby teeth are taken out purposefully, but they are not allowed to cry, otherwise they will be beaten. When they are older, some of their adult teeth are taken out. And again, once more, they may not cry or flinch or they will be beaten. The young boys also have their ears pierced with red hot iron. If they scream, they will be beaten. When they're 13 or 14 years of age, they are circumcised in front of the tribe. As always, if they scream or complain, they will be subject to severe beating. All these rituals may seem barbaric to us. They, I can hear you saying in San Antonio, that is child abuse. I can hear people saying here in Johannesburg, that is inhumane. But family, they are designed to prepare the young worries to endure pain, struggle, challenges. And the ultimate goal is to equip each of one those young men to win over the lion. They must be ready 
to endure whatever it is necessary to protect their villages from the king of the beasts. And we're not talking about the Lion King from Disney. We are talking about the ferocious king of the jungle, the African lion. One of the final steps to becoming a Maasai warrior comes when the young men in the tribe and the tribal elders, they leave the tribe for a three-month period. They go into the bush, or as Americans, you say in, in uh, San Antonio, the jungle. We say the bush, so they go into the jungle. They go into the bush, and they are taught to kill lions with nothing more than a stick and a spear and a sword. And here we have, thank you so much, here is a sword. Uh, I mean, spear, spear. You can see what a great warrior I am. <laughs> I need to be a, but I'm not going for lessons. Thank you very much. I like all my teeth. <laughs> and so here we go. Uh, so you wonder, how can they kill a lion with a stick and a spear? Well, this is how they, they are taught. First of all, they go into the jungle, the bush, for three months at a time with the elders. And then the young warriors must listen at night to see if they can hear where the lions are. They have to locate the lion in the jungle. And then one warrior is selected to face the beast. Now, the young warrior in training typically holds a spear in his left hand, okay? I've got my spear, it's in my left hand. And in his right hand, he has a stick, which is about a foot long, like this, pointed at each side. And then when the lion comes for him, as soon as he has to face the lion, and as soon as he sees the lion lunge at him, the lion has learned to fear the spear. So what he does is the lion lunges at the left hand because he's learned to fear the spear. But what they've been trained to do is in a flash of a moment, they switch hands and as the lion approaches, the young warrior puts his stick in the lion's mouth. So now the jaw is open. And then... With this big, amazing spear, spears that lion. Did I do good? <laughs> Where's mine? Thank you. <laughs> so that is how they are taught. Now, in the Western world, this ritual seems so barbaric and brutal. It sounds crazy, but for the Messiah, it is essential for survival. It's an amazing feat of hand and eye co coordination. But once he has defeated the lion, guess what? The young man has reached the status of Messiah warrior. He's allowed to go back to the village and choose himself a wife. <laughs> what courage, what strength, 
what resilience this is, the warrior spirit that I believe the Lord wants each and every one of us to develop in Jesus' name. Isn't that right, San Antonio? Isn't that right, Johannesburg? God wants us to have a warrior spirit inside of us. We've got the lion of the tribe of Judah living inside of us. Glory to God. Give God praise in the house. He is awesome. Hallelujah. There is a warrior champion inside each of every one of us. There's a winner inside of us all. And God is encouraging us to become that mighty champion, accomplishing great exploits for him in Jesus' name. San Antonio, this is our time. Johannesburg, this is our time. America, this is our time. South Africa, this is our time. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The scripture tells us that the enemy, which is the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But unless we are trained for warfare, we could easily hear the mighty roar of fear we can, and intimidation, and we can become afraid, and we can forget who we are. But family, we have to prepare ourselves to face the lions of temptation, to face the lions of intimidation, and the challenges of life. We have to know the Word of God. We have to apply the Word of God. We have to be strong in faith. And everybody said, Amen. We can't do this by accident. To be a Messiah warrior, it's not by accident. They are trained. To be strong in faith doesn't come by accident. We have to be trained in faith. Coming to church regularly trains us. The very service that you miss is a service where you could have found counsel for your need and you would not need to go for counsel. Belonging to a small group is training that we need. Going to Bible schools and the Bible school deans all say, Amen, trains us. Knowing applying the word trains us. Joining the dream team trains us. Taking our children as responsible parents to children's church every Sunday trains our children to follow the word of God and Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Bringing our children to the youth is training our youth to love God with all their heart and not the nightclubs and not the world. We've got to train our children in the ways of the Lord. It is interesting to note in the Messiah uh, culture that every boy is required to be a warrior. Family, it is not voluntary. It is mandatory. But it's same in the kingdom of God. We don't just need a few elite warriors. We don't need just a few apostle theos. We need apostle theo multiplied by hundreds of millions. We need you to be Apostle Theo and you to be Dr. Bev, the ladies. <laughs> uh, we need to be elite warriors for the, for the Lord. So we need to know how to fight and overcome because the reality is we all need to know to how to fight 
and how to overcome. And unless we have resilient faith, we could easily be devoured by the evil one, but we won't in Jesus' name. And all the elite warriors said, amen. The Messiah warriors in training understand that they have to endure strong discipline. It prepares them to confront the lions that they have to face, face to face. Jesus told us that we are to endure till the end. He understands that in the world, we are going to have troubles, challenges. We're going to face difficulties. But he has already told us that we, he has already overcome the world. We thank the Lord that he went to hell in our place. He's taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. Ephesians 1.21 says, now Christ is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world. Family, I want to say it again. Christ is far above any ruler, any authority, any power, any leader in this world. The leader is Jesus Christ himself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, Christ has given the church his authority, and it is now Jesus is our strength to overcome in this world. Do you know we were born family with warrior overcoming faith in our DNA? Johannesburg, you were born with warrior faith in your DNA. San Antonio, you were born with warrior faith in your DNA. I am looking at a tribe of warriors for Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, give the Lord praise. He is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Remember that story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Abednego, Abednego. How do you want Abednego? Thank God I've got my husband keeping me on the straight and narrow. And although they lived in a pagan Babylon, they lived in a nation that served multiple gods. These Hebrew young men, they loved the living God. They refused to compromise their faith. No matter what difficulties they faced and no matter what pressures came against them. We all know of the story of King of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. He built this golden statue of himself and he ordered everyone to bow down and pay homage when certain music played. But of course we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whatever, they refused to bow down to that roaring lion. They refused to back down. They were not intimidated. Glory to God, they did not crumble under pressure. Just think of the boldness that these young men had. Even though the enemy came against them, even though the king warned, if they didn't bow down, he would heat that furnace seven times hotter than usual. But despite the king's threat, the three young men stood firm. You see, from childhood, these young men have been taught 
the word of God. They were taught the Ten Commandments. They'd been trained in the word. They knew better than to worship any God except the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And their faith was not compromised. They refused to go along with the crowd. We refuse to go along with the crowd. We will only serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is our Lord of all. They decided they were going to stand for God, even if it meant death. Not only did they have strong faith, they had strong commitment. Daniel 3.16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Listen, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, hallelujah, he is able, say able. Come on, San Antonio, say able. He is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your hand, your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had confidence in God, and they were absolutely determined that they knew God was willing and able to deliver them. You know, family, many Christians pray, oh God, uh, I know you can heal, but uh, will you heal me? Isn't your will to heal me? They waver in their faith. They don't know that it is a will of God to heal them. They say, God, can you put my marriage? I don't know if, can you put my marriage together? Of course he can. Stand on the word. Start loving each other, dating each other. Be nice to each other. The Hebrew boys had no doubts. They just said, my God is able and he will deliver us. They were like Messiah warriors. They had the courage. They knew who they were. They spoke with their shoulders back and their heads high. And when we go to God in prayer for financial need or healing or relationship or anything we are dealing with, we have to go to God without doubting when we ask Him. 1 John 5, 15 says, And if we know that He is listening, when we make our requests, we can be sure that He will give us what we ask for. Did you hear that? If we know he is listening when we make our requests, we can be sure that he will give us what we ask for. When we know what the word says and we study the word, he know, we know he wants to save and heal us all for his glory. You know, I found in Exodus 15, 3, it says, the Lord is a warrior. Hallelujah. Yahweh is his name. Listen to this family, it's going to excite you. Pharaoh's chariots, oh, here comes the enemy. And the Pharaoh's chariots and army, he is hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. Glory to God. When the enemy comes against us like a flood, our God will lift up a standard and drown our enemies in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Number five, the deep waters gushed over them. They sank, hallelujah, I love that. Sink them. Like a stone. <laughs> Jesus is our champion warrior. 
And he is the one, no matter what circumstances came against Jesus, even when the world collapsed around him, he maintained his spirit to the very end. He was the one who dared to believe that it was, he could believe for the impossible. He believed that men could be free from sin, that men could live new lives, that men could reflect the image of God in their personalities. Here was our Savior who didn't quit when it hurt. He went to the cross to live forever in the hearts of men and women. He gave everything up. He gave up, he had everything that he had physically, spiritually, mentally. Hebrews 12, 2 says, he endured the cross, despising the shame. On our behalf, family took the whipping. On our behalf, he endured mockery and pain. Matthew 24, 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. If Jesus can endure, and he did endure to the end, so can we endure to the end. To endure to the end means we've got to have that resilient faith. It means we've got to bounce back no matter what Satan throws at us. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.8, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are refused to be crushed. We're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We might be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed in Jesus' name. What is Paul saying? He is saying, you know what, family, I've been through tough times, but it did not wipe me out. I'm not giving up. I'm serving God with all my heart. I still have the fire of God burning inside of me. And how many of you will say to me, Pastor Bev, I have the fire of God burning inside of me. The fire of God is in my belly. I am strong and courageous. And how many of you in San Antonio can say, yes, Pastor Bev, I have the fire of God burning in my belly. I will not give up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Paul told us that difficulties are unavoidable. One time, Dr. Theo told me, he said, Beverly, we will always have a fight to faith, but we must be determined to overcome every single time. We must be resilient in our faith. John 16, 37 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He said in the world you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be distress. There's going to be frustration. He said, but be of good cheer. He says, take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. He said, because I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. Remember, my precious family, there is no crown without a cross. There is no victory without a battle. No Olympic athlete or champion has ever achieved greatness without difficulties along the way. They've had to work through things. They've had to push through pain. They've had to have their eye on the prize. They focus on the finishing line. They have a warrior champion spirit inside of them. They have resilient attitude. What is resilient? I don't know how many golfers we have in, in the house or there in, in San Antonio, but if you put a, a 
golf ball. I know Dr. Andre loved to play golf at one time. I don't know if he ever does anymore. But if you put a golf ball in the freezer until the core gets very cold, it loses its resilience. So no matter how hard you hit that ball, it goes nowhere. And people are similar to that golf ball. Some people go through a difficult time, a hard time, and they like that golf ball. They've lost their resilience, and they can't go forward. They can't advance. And there are others like us here in Johannesburg and in San Antonio. We are going to flourish. You can hit us. We're getting up again, and we're going to bounce and go forward and advance for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Those who saw through life have resilience. They regain their stability more quickly than others in difficult situations. They stay hopeful and optimistic in Jesus' name. They believe that when others give up, they're going to rebound from adversity. And family, I can prophesy to you today, we are going to rebound from every adversity that the devil brings to us in the name of Jesus. We are going to lift up our shield of faith and we're going to quench every fire dot of the wicked one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When Satan shoots his fiery darts, we're going to use the word. We know the word. We're going to speak the word and we are going to become unstoppable. Everybody say, I am unstoppable. Hallelujah. We're going to have that winning attitude. We're going to have resilient faith. We're going to endure it until the end in Jesus' name. I want to tell you a little story about a lady by the name of Shelly Mann. She was five years old when she had polio. She had it so badly she couldn't move a muscle in her body. She went into a swimming pool, not to become the champion of the world, but just to get a little strength back in those feeble arms and legs. At first, she was held up by the buoyancy of the water. She cried the first day that she lifted her little arm out of the water. It was such a major triumph for her. And then she got some strength and she moved her little arms and her legs and, and it was such a major triumph to her. Her ambition was just to swim 30 feet, just the width of the pool. She worked laboriously through the months, through the numbness, through the pain to get across that pool. And when she achieved that, she thought, well, I'm going to try and swim the length of the pool. And she swam the length of the pool. Then she swam two. Then she swam three. Then she swam four. That girl, Shelly Mann, held eight American records. She became the greatest woman swimmer in America. The girl who at one time couldn't lift up her hands received a gold medal for swimming. And with tears running down her face, her tenacity, her never give up attitude, her resilience to life kept her going against all odds. She became a warrior woman. Not only did she conquer the Olympics, but she conquered her difficulties. If she can conquer her difficulties, we can conquer every difficulty because we have Christ, the Lion of Judah, inside of us, right? So with resilient faith, family, we're going to bounce back and we're not going to break under pressure. 
I'm going to read Daniel 3, 19, and I'm going to read fast, so listen fast. Daniel 3, 19, and here we go. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. His expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain mighty men of valor. Listen to this. He commanded certain men who are mighty men of valor in his army to bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because of the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, listen to this, unbelievable, the flame of the fire killed the mighty men who just took them up to throw them in. Yeah, amen, we need a few of those. <laughs> and then these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, hey, did we not cast three bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. But listen to this. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Listen, my family, when even the heathen see God, they know who he is. There is no atheist the moment he closes his eyes and he sees God. He knows who God is. Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the mouth of the fiery burning surface and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Abednego. Amen, thank you. (laughs) Servants of the Most High, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and? Thank you. Came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the administrators, the governors, the king councillors, they gathered together. They saw, they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The fire had no power. The hair of the hand was, was not singed, nor were their garments affected. The smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's word. They yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, language, which speaks anything amiss or against, The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and? Oh, look at this, Lord. Shall be cut in pieces. That's one thing I like about. Yes, I do like um, Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) It would make our life easier. Hallelujah. 
here because there's no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and in the province of Babylon, because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they refused to bend under pressure, they refused to give up, they refused to quit their faith. Their faith were resilient. Not only did God deliver them, but family, God promoted them. And that's exactly what will happen to us when we have resilient faith, when we committed to God. He is going to promote us. Even though their faith was severely tested, they did not cave. They did not buckle. You know what? Family tests, trials will come with us, but God is walking with us. He will deliver us over every circumstances in Jesus' name. The three Hebrews, they had to walk through the fiery trials, all the while believing God for the victory. And in the outcome, not only did God rescue them, but he promoted them, glory to God. So family, Johannesburg, San Antonio, your faith, my faith will be tested. We might even have to go through the fiery ordeal of a trial. We, but we have to refuse to act like the world when we stand with unshakable faith on God's word. Our success is guaranteed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then God will get all the glory. The king Nebuchadnezzar, he made a decree and he said, no one is going to speak against the true God of these three men. Family, we need to see the magnitude of this event in the light of the Babylonian history. First, the Babylonians, they swept across the known world, conquered every nation. They were the superpower of the world. The rulers backed down for no one. And yet... They said that that decree was changed because of these three young men who refused to buckle, who refused to bend, who said, we will serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the name of Jesus. So the powerful king, he reversed his decree. Also, family, they did not escape the fiery furnace. They went through it, but they came out unharmed. We might go through a fiery furnace, but I want you to know we're going to come out of the fire without the smell of smoke on us in Jesus' name. God is with us. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And the lion of the tribe of Judah is inside of each and every one of us. Isaiah 43 says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame will not scorch you. Family, we are going to have this resilient kind of faith. We are not going to back down. We will not be defeated in Jesus' name. God is going to promote you. The sick will be healed. The blind will see. The broken will heal because our God is able. And Ephesians 3.20, and I'll close with this. Now all glory to God who is able. Our God is able through His mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through every generation forevermore in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. We are more than conquerors. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.